Demons Discuss, Take 29, the one with the secrets and surprises. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie. Hello, ladies. With me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hi, how are you? Hey there. Valerie, what will the demons be discussing today? We will be discussing chapters five and six of Shadow of Night. Yay! <laughs> Amazing. I like it. We're, we're going to see book. the aftermath of Widow Beaton get farther into this journey. Yes. See the shit she stirred. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And have all of Matthew's secrets come tumbling out, or at least some more of them? Yes. Ooh. Yes, oh. yes. Mm-hmm. But first, let's start with some discusser emails, and I guess I'll start. Um, This is from Lauren. She says, Hi, demons. In five and six, we continue with new interrogations of Diana, which at this point have moved past the function of showing her fish at a water story and now uses a tool to illustrate the devolution of Matthew's control and confidence. The tenuous threads he has used to hold everything in place begin to snap and his secrets spill all over the floor. Philippe's letter may have been hard to handle, but it certainly saved him from Diana's frustration and fury. And then Galloglass is introduced as the voice of reason and levity to further illustrate that Matthew is losing his grasp of the situation at hand. He steps into the scene demanding answers, but is also ready to to defend the family in an instant. It's interesting that he's at Diana's back during the Danforth interrogation and holds her shoulders and supports her when she's accused of being a witch. I have to wonder if Galloglass called Matthew uncle before the introduction of Diana. Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. I have one from Stephen. Yay, Stephen's back. Oh, hey, Stephen. Yay! Came back from holiday, finally. Hope it was great. I was about to send the the team out to go look for him. It, she's not kidding. She was like one keystroke away, and then all of a sudden an email <laughs> came in. <laughs> Where are you, Stephen? 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 <laughs> anyway, let's hear what Stephen has to say. Hello, demons. I hope you are all well. One thing that always strikes me when meeting Galloglass for the first time on each reread or re-listen is just how quickly he takes to his new auntie, even though he realizes she does not smell right for her time. And Matthew smells much too old. Galloglass is quick to support Diana when she stumbles, touching her without asking permission from her mate. Matthew appears very comfortable to accept this help from Galloglass and confirms this protection role by insisting that either or both of them keep Diana under observation at all times. Getting a bit ahead of the reading, have we heard more about Davy Hancock after 1591? That's all for now. Stephen. No, he is D.E.D. dead. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But truth be told, we did hear more about him because Deb did tweet about Davy Hancock waiting for Marcus Marcus. and Galloglass to arrive in 1781 or 82, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he survived the 1600s. He's around for at least 200 more years, but we just don't know when he actually meets his demise or how. Or why. (gasps) Or why. Exactly. Oh, Davy. This read, I really, I was like, man, I like this dude. I didn't pay attention to him. Totally overlooked. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really like this dude. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, I was going to go off the road with Hancock, but we'll wait until we get to it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have uh, an email from Jody, longtime discusser, first time emailer. So she says, My Yay, first. Yay, <laughs> Jody! Welcome! Yay! 
<laughs> My first official discusser reply. Um, she gives thoughts on chapters five and six. I will give a highlight, but Val, as always, you'll put the full length of it in the show notes or link to it. Yep. But her thoughts on chapter five, the appearance of Galaglass and Hancock. I was very leery the first read, but with each reread, they have endeared me to him more and more. They are hilarious. Why does Galaglass see Diana's glaim? No other vampires commented before, did they? Why can Hancock hear her, the, her blood sing? I know Matthew can. I think Isabel can too. Is it just a vampire thing or was Diana's agitation causing it? She goes on about the congregation and Hancock, how he's so hilarious and has a little bit of frat boy behavior, uh, about George and Kit watching the volleys back and forth of all the action going around them. She can picture him with a supersized popcorn and, and a Coke. <laughs> and then she says, I find it interesting that Gallowglass and Hancock are not loyal to Baldwin. Why? Question mark, question mark. And hmm. not to Matthew when he behaves like a fool. I thought that was foreshadowing, but never seemed to materialize. Matthew Scent makes Hancock ill. Totally understand. As do I. That's my little insertion. As much as I am T. Matthew, the smell of cinnamon and cloves gives me a headache. Then Matthew finally explodes and wonders why everyone is giving him advice and how to handle his wife. Oh, Matthew. Poor guy. He just needs some peace and quiet. The parallels between Isabeau and Diana are also further solidified here. I'd love the strategic positioning when Danforth and Ifley and Bidwell arrive. The School of Night are, are so blasé about their visitors. Uh, she goes on to talk a little bit about that dynamic and chapter six. And she can't quite go any further because her day is starting. Um, but I do have to read this because my heart ached this time around too when I uh, when I heard this quote. Uh, she says, my last thought will be the one moment when I, my heart broke for Kit. Only Matthew can see the, what little good I have in me. Leave him to me, please. I can't, Diana said. Kit truly loved Matthew and is, de- is devastated. But instead of acquiescing to Matthew's happiness, he turns into a jealous meddler. Ugh. Wow. Thanks for reading. Happy Friday, Jody. Welcome, Jody. Thanks for your inputs. Yeah. She really thought about that. Yeah, yeah she did. I don't know. The Kit thing though. No, he was a jerk all the way. But, okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into it a little bit later, what Kit, yeah, what Kit does. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, yes. I'm like, wow, I really liked him <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> I began to question yeah. my own judgment. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So let's go into the chapter discussion, guys. All right. When we last left off... Widow Beaton had come and went after testing Diana, and Diana failing miserably. Beaton leaves Matthew with a warning. They all wonder if there will be consequences from this meeting. All but Diana. Of course there are. (laughs) And she knew there'd be problems. Chapter 5 begins with everybody looking for which to tutor Diana. Kit and George were sent to Oxford to ask around and also to start making inquiries about Ashmole 782. We join Diana, Matthew, and the boys just chilling, doing what they do. And Walter and Kit are playing dice. Tom and Henry argued about astronomy and economics. And Diana is proceeding with her Eliza Doolittle routine, reading The Fairy Queen. And thanks to Widow Beaton... Kid has a brand new opening for his play. <laughs> oh, God. This whole opening of this chapter is just hilarious. Perfection. I agree. Oh. It's comedy. It's- oh, my God. <laughs> he, first, he goes on about uh, Spencer's fairy queen and then mm-hmm. and how Walter mucked it all up. Yes. Suggestion. <laughs> the, meddling he, the, the meddling he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And, 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 go- and, he, and he says, and Gloriana, please. The queen is nearly oh, as please. old as Widow Beaton. <laughs> oh my god, yes. 
What a bitch. (laughs) I mean, he was just hilarious. And then he's like, yeah, you know, you want to go help somebody? Go help Will. He doesn't have any ideas of his own. (laughs) Right. So, Gene, I wanted to touch on this. Kit says to Walt, you're not my Faustus. And I seem to remember you saying Matthew was his Faustus. You want to expand on that a little bit? That's what I thought. I mean, it was ages ago when I I started looking and looking for quotes and whatnot, working on teasers and, and started dabbling in Faustus. And there were a lot of quotes about time and being a man out of time. And they lent themselves to Matthew, really and truly. And the whole idea of immortality and Mm -hmm. selling his soul and the midnight hour and making deals with the devil. It sounded more like Matthew, to be honest with you. Right. Mm. Well, and I kind of think everything that Kit ever wrote was probably about Matthew, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's how obsessive love works. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I remember it like firing a couple synapses in my head, but maybe I was concerned about time or something when we were getting through that episode. So I didn't pursue it further. But I was like, you know, ask Jean about that. So I did. Now we're going on. So while the, all of this is going on, George is speaking to Matthew. Matthew, but Matthew's distracted. So George goes on to repeat himself and said no one had heard of the book. Poor George. Everybody kind of blows him off. I know. Yeah, no one. It it, it even starts, I'm sorry, George, did you say something? (laughs) (laughs) Poor George Chapman. He's probably been talking all along. (laughs) Yeah, he mommed him. Yeah. You know? Totally. When when your kids are like, oh, blah, 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 and you just tune them out and just, you know, your own little world. He mommed him. My God. Yeah. Um, Matthew finally comprehends what George is saying. He goes to answer and bam, enter Galaglass and Hancock. Yes, with a crash. So what did we think of this? It was quite an entrance. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the first time I read it, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, who the fuck are these people? That was me. I'm like, oh my God, really? I was too. I mean, yeah, you you know me, I'm leery of everybody. So I was with Jody. I like, what? Who are these people? And how is this going to take a bad turn? (laughs) Who are these these precursors to the uh, defensive line for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Right. <laughs> I kept thinking it like Apollo and Zeus. <laughs> Oh, I was like, who's this, like this Apollo and this? And the only reason why that, you know, I'm going to drive us into the ditch for a minute. The only reason yeah, I thought like, of a, I was thinking more like J.J. Watt and uh, I was exactly going to say J.J. Watt. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. 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 It's like Gronk's here. I remember um, when my sister was still going to West Point and we were living in Delaware at the time. And so she would visit us because we were the closest relatives to her. And these two big dudes show up to go pick her up. And I was at work and Rob Robert calls me and says, Apollo and Zeus just came to pick up your sister. I hope I did okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and they used to play football for Army, and she wound up marrying one of them, so... (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, they really weren't named Apollo and Zeus, I hope, but you know, it's always possible with football players nowadays. Everybody's got such unique names. Yes. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) Anyway. As as much as we have romanticized, I mean, because they are described as basically linebackers or football line, but we do find out, not in the story, but outside of the, the story in the fandom, that they were actually modeled after Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in Hamlet. Oh. Ooh. Look at that. Who knew 
one of them was going to turn into a romantic lead. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, the fandom would want that to happen. Yes, yes. It hasn't happened yet. Let's not rush it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So, based on our title, Surprises and Secrets, that's the first surprise. Galaglass, not only them in the story surprising the readers that, boom, crash, they're there, but that it's a surprise character for Deb. She hadn't planned on Galaglass. Much like Hamish. Much like Hamish. Yep. And Galaglass had his purpose as well. And everybody overlooks the fact that Davy Gam is a ginger too. Yeah. A sarcastic redheaded one. A ginger Welshman. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to him first read. I, I didn't, didn't either. I what really was wrong with me? I paid attention to this way. I, I don't know. I, like I don't know. I could be Team Davy. I really like him. Yeah. Team Davy. Well, the other thing that I thought was really interesting <laughs> that I never ever noticed before, he has a scent. Yeah. He, he smells like spring grass in the middle of winter. Yes, he sure does. So I, I, I'm taking that, that since his cloak smelled like that, it was his scent since she made the point of saying, yeah, it's spring grass, but it's winter. What's it, going I, on? I, 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 after you said that, I reread that and I'm like, it's got to be his scent because it is the middle of winter and he's flicking off the water and the water's not going to be full of spring dew yeah. or anything. So it's got to be him. Yeah. 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 Which it kind of is fortuitous. He's got, I mean, we know he's around for another 200 years, but if you smell like spring grass, you think that's something fresh and, you know, you're vibrant. Yes. Alive. Mm. Or undead, as the case may be. Yeah, undead. <laughs> well, I, and the other thing I noticed on this read is the, the little gal that was waiting on them when Matthew disappeared from the pub. Yes. The besotted Sounds maid. Sounds like Miriam. She has sm- a small with black, black hair. hair. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just like, is that Miriam? Oh, she would not have goo-goo eyes for Matthew. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. But it's yeah. kind, of, kind of funny that, you know, the petite little yes. black-haired sprite type. Yeah. Yeah. So Matthew disappeared. And then we come to the realization, oh, right, he existed in these times, but he got the, the existing Matthew got displaced by our Matthew. So Diana asks who these people are. Matthew says they're friends. Yikes. Really, Matthew? There is another, there's another secret that's going to blow up in about yeah. two seconds. Yeah. And it was, it, everything was brewing. It was going like in a, a cyclone or a tornado because as we discussed in our last episode, what were Walter and Matthew talking about? Knight's business, Queen's business congregation business and all this is going to come to a head so you know something's well, going to hit the fan. Do you know what this mm-hmm. chapter reminds me of? A hurricane churning around and around yep. out in the ocean just getting ready to come into shore and wreak some havoc. Yeah. Yep. Just building up speed. It, I yep. mean, she notices the signia uh, of the Knights of Lazarus on Gallowglass and Hancock and so that business is there. The Queen's business is there. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's too much for <laughs> for war. For something not to explode. But more business is coming because we haven't gotten the mail yet. That's right. Oh my god. Matthew breaks out into a sweat when the mailbag he, he sighs of relief when it goes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they notice her and they're like whoa, she's no ghost. What's going on here? They notice yeah. her shininess. Her glam. Mm-hmm. How do you say that? Glam, gleam, glam, glam. Glam. <laughs> glam. Glam. Her trilling, her trilling witch's blood. Yeah. Which, and so Matthew did notice. Why, does Han- why is Hancock the He-Man Women Haters Club? <laughs> Matthew did notice her glam when she was sleeping, but she, but I think that's when she let go when she wasn't trying to hide herself from the world when she when she wasn't thinking about it. Well, she was also spellbound. Yeah, but there's that too. I mean, but her don't forget. Ever since Lapierre, her bindings are loosening. Yes, but that, before that, I'm saying Matthew noticed it, and she, yeah, and so yeah, so they would notice it even if it was dim or brighter or whatever. They they would notice it. Um, they bring up Berwick, uh, of course, referring to the witch trials in Scotland. I think it was 1590 well, to 
1592. But here's the interesting thing I, I hadn't noticed on a prior read that the actual time they that they time walked was when Widow Sam was the date that Widow Samson was arrested. Oh, yeah, because yeah. she was arrested on All, All Hallows Eve, and it's like, oh, well, wait a minute, as they're displacing time, that's going on. What was Matthew thinking? Right, he wasn't. He wasn't. I know. I know. Mm. Mr. Oh, yeah, it's quiet. It's like, wait, that's the day that she, this whole thing kicked off, dude. Right. Right. And Hancock's all like, silly witches always causing problems. <laughs> <laughs> Damn <love> women. <laughs> and then Hancock brings up congregation business. And then Marlowe gets all interested and he's like, wait, you're a member? I'm like, oh my God, kid, here we go. Secret number two. <laughs> <laughs> and Hancock's all like, duh, of course he's a member, dummy. <laughs> and then Gallo Glass, knowing Matthew very well, is telling Davy to chill out, dude, you know. And then Diana gets a little judgy, as she should. And she's like, tell me yeah. you're not. Tell me you're not. And Matthew admits it. And here's where I'm like, damn it, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Damn it. And then and then there's Hancock going, hey, I like her deal. Secrets are okay, but no lies. Yeah. Can I get in on that? Yeah, yeah I'd like He's some like of that. kind of a trouble. He's like a shit stirrer. I like that. Yeah. And they go on to talk about the witches rounded up, including Widow Samson, which you just brought up, Jean. Yeah. And they, and they assume Diana is one of the accused. Matthew admits that Diana's his wife and his mate, yes. which for me, I was like, oh, she's your mate. I, I was trying to figure out... I know on first read, I was trying to figure out the relationship to these people where he would admit that she was his mate or he was her mate yeah. or something like but that. what's even funnier is it like Hancock's reaction is you dumped us for a chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to bros before hoes? Right. I didn't think like, who are these people that he's saying she's my mate? But now on this read, I'm like, that's very, very heavy to admit or confide in someone that she's his mate. That says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So here's that quote. I know we've talked about before. Matthew de Clermont is mated at last, but no ordinary placid humid or properly schooled female wear who knows her place would do. Not for her, Matthew. Now that he's decided to settle down with one woman, it had to be a witch. Now, we've never figured out what a proper female wear is. <laughs> it's not Diana. We know that. Not Process proper. Of elimination. Not proper, not aware. <laughs> or- not schooled, apparently either. Not a placid human either. Unable to be schooled. It'd be her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Some people just like that. They like drama, man. And then they indicate they have much more to worry about than the flare-up at Woodstock. That, of course, the inquiring Diana wants to know. Oh, and then Matthew was uh, first saying, oh, nothing's wrong. And then again, don't worry. Right. Damn it, Matthew. Damn it, Matthew. Don't worry, be happy. Boo. (laughs) Just getting madder and madder at Matthew as we go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh. Come to find out some old woman was raising hell on market day and then she blames her fits of craziness on Diana. Remember, we talk about being baiting her into performing magic. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when that whenever that story she came up with would be plausible. And I really when she, I felt she was being baited, I really felt 
Beaton was trying to get the attention off of herself. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm not a witch, but well, this chick is. Just, yeah. Now, now I'm going to go fake, fake an attack in Market Square and say, look, this witch attacked me and nobody well, would believe I'm, you know, if you, I was a witch too, I would have been able to repel it. She doesn't even have to yeah. fake it because medicine basically is viewed as witchcraft because she has rheumatism. I mean, that's all she has. And the, uh, yeah. the kid that gets, that is accused, he's got um, sinus problems or his ears are plugged and, you know, they blame it on if anyone diagnoses it or cures it it's witchcraft i mean so yeah. mm. so davy and gallo glass are waiting on an explanation from matthew while enjoying francois and pierre's hospitality serving them blood what'd you guys think of that because this is the first that time we're sense. seeing yeah. blood being served right we didn't see yeah. it at isabeau's we didn't i mean he actually went hunting there but well, who, who was this cook was it charles charles so did charles yeah. send people out there to cull the deer for him and drain the blood like kind it of was like a deer yeah it's like where did it my thought was like well where did it come from does he have like donors in the back i don't know <laughs> that's right we don't know it'll be gotten blood you know i don't know oh i didn't question it i guess because of interview with the vampire they're you know sitting in their fine manner drinking a goblet of blood True. so i didn't really think about it nasty all right so then walter's all saying we need to discuss this in private and hancock isn't having his shit he's like look there's a priest on the way and diana's got like three to five days before she puts up she's you know put on trial for being a witch so we need yeah. something good to convince this dude so start spilling tell us what's going on he broke it down and he re- they really needed his their his urgency because they would have just sat there blase reading their plays and going over the stars and you know playing dice like yeah exactly <laughs> i mean hancock was kind of a baldwin surrogate in this this scene yeah, if you think about that's it because I mean, yeah. he's just like dude we need to focus now hey leave it yeah. to the gingers yeah don't <laughs> Don't mess with the gingers. Uh. <laughs> so Diana starts telling the story and Matthew, of course, is getting all pissy and growly, right? You know, you're sharing secrets again. Yeah. Shut up, Matthew. Seriously. After the summarized story, Galaglass is not buying this shit. He's like, you have to do better than that, auntie. And what were your thoughts about finding out that Galaglass's relationship with Matthew was familial? I, don't, I liked it. It made sense. Yeah, I liked it. I was like, oh, okay. He, no wonder he was so easy and breezy about this is my mate. But I, And I was dying to find out more about Matthew's family. Yeah, I wanted to know, you know, other members and how this whole vi- vampire family dynamic works in this All Souls world. World. Well, and I love that she jumped to the conclusion that he was Baldwin's kid. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I just as persistent. I didn't think that, though. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But the, the fact that Diana yeah. jumped to that conclusion was like kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so then we find out that they're knights because, you know, Diane, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, Jane, that Diana notices the insignia, the signet rings. So it's not just congregation. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just congregation business. It's the Claremont business. So it's suggested that Diana perhaps just fly away. And Kit's all like, she can't. She can't even make Matthew a beard because he couldn't wait to tell somebody. Kit. Oh, Kit. yeah. And, and, then, and then they were going on about how how she her magic is screwed up and she, her, you can't understand her. She must be Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And this made me laugh. You married a witch and she's worthless? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> And of course, Matthew. Matthew loses it. That's enough. Stop talking shit on my wife. It's not our fault that Widow Beaton's a meddler and Diana can't perform magic on command. He threatens them. And when he threatens them, he was serious. He says, I'll rip your heart out and feed feed it to you whilst... (laughs) 
while it still beats. I'm like, okay, damn. Be- before we get to that, though, can just that little passage about, that Davy says or Hancock says about the bastards killed me before they saved me, fixed my bad eye while they were at it. So I thought it was kind of cool to, to see that they were in battle against each other. Or alongside yeah. each other, and they actually, you know, I don't know whose choice it was to turn them, but they did. Yeah. Said, hey, you're a pretty good fighter. Can't, you know. <laughs> well, what was so funny, <laughs> and even right before that, is when Gallo Glass says, well, there's always been a dispute about that. We're not really the shining armor type. <laughs> right. Are we, baby? <laughs> right. But the Declaremonts have deep pockets. Yep. Money mm-hmm. like that, it's hard to refuse. So it's kind of like, okay, is the KOL knights or are they mercenaries? Yeah. I guess it depends who you talk to. Well, and I did find it interesting that Deb gave Gallo Glass the name Gallo Glass. I mean, that is a mercenary. Yeah, exactly. I think they're total mercenaries, no matter what you say. Well, they're, they're really just Philippe's private mercenaries because he just decides who he's going to lend them to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe on paper, they're these knights with this gallon cause, but hey, pay them enough, they'll hook you up. You know? <laughs> well, and you think about it, th- and think about this. Baldwin talks about their, ex- he, d- he when he describes the exploits of the knights, he does not make them sound like mercenaries. No, I was thinking that myself. You know, Hancock and, says about the but, deep pockets, but I think Baldwin but, is and loyal. Same with Gallaglass. It's like, and it's so funny because it's like everybody thinks Gallaglass is wonderful and light and blah, 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 blah. And here he is. He's the first one to admit that, yeah, I'm going to go fight battles for the highest bidder and makes him sound something less than noble. But, you know, everybody sees him as this angelic, noble, chivalric love kind of guy and hates Baldwin. And Baldwin's the one who sees the nobility in their cause. It's just ironic. It is. But look who Gallaglass's uh, maker is. I mean, he was... It's you. Yeah. 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 He's the, he was a negotiator of the family, so who knows? And supposedly one with high honor, so, you mm-hmm. know, may, it all depended on your point of view. I mean, I'm, that's with any organization, though. You right, look yeah. at organizational mission statements, and then... And they're all the, bullshit. <laughs> and you look at those, and then you're like, well, the bottom line is the cash, though. Follow the money, man. <laughs> right. Know? The bottom line is profits, but your mission statement sounds nice, you know? And those yeah. who believe in the mission... Gotta pretty things up. Yeah. Those who believe in the mission can believe in the mission. Those who believe in the profits can believe in the profits. And some people believe in both. So, yeah. Okay. Well, where was I? I don't know. At least it was an all souls ditch. Yeah, it was. No, uh, we were waiting for uh, Reverend Danforth and Ifley and them to walk in. Oh, right. Okay. So Matthew, we already talked about Matthew losing his shit. And then Hancock and Gallaglass is like, well, there he is. That's the Matthew we know, right? Yeah. And so Diana's about to fall into her chair and Gallaglass catches her and says, it's okay, auntie. I'm not sure what's going on in your crazy brain, but Math will take care of you. And quote, he's got a warm, <laughs> warm spot for lost souls. Bless him. <laughs> Dizzy, not deranged. Right. Here, here's another Hancock-Baldwin comparison. Hancock, too, does the mock salute, just like Baldwin with the envelope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Our Lord and Master. Right. So sarcasm, he, I love the sarcasm flows with this one. Yeah. <laughs> he mentions her speech disorder, and, you know, that could pass for her being deranged. And the priest was coming, and he wouldn't give shit one way or another, and Matthew uh-huh. intervenes with, stop scaring my wife and tell me about the men on the way over here. And after talking, they find out 
with Ifley and Bidwell, the same people that came well, for Bidwell, her shoes. Bidwell sent his kid. Bill Bidwell sent his son for the shoes. Yes. Right, right. This is the father. This is the senior Bidwell. So we've got the cobbler and the glove maker. <laughs> right. I really have a feeling this was all Ifley's idea, the way he was egging everybody on, but we haven't gotten to that. So <laughs> Matthew's plan is to let them come over and Diana is not to leave his sight and reminds Galloglass that means she doesn't leave his side either. And he says something to the effect of his feisty wife will make it to the bed tonight. And then Diana goes off. And I'm not sure I wouldn't go off too because she's tired. She's had enough. She just dealt with Widow Beaton. She's living with a whole bunch of freaking children. Not children, but you know. <laughs> you know what Boys, I'm talking about. Men, children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She lives in a dormitory of fucking adolescents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then she gets lost on her way to the bedroom. And I'll, I, I'd be like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> it sounds like your job too. some days, Valerie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's it. That's my attitude. Fuck you people. I can take care of my damn self. I don't need you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Hancock's like, she must be Irish. <laughs> <laughs> She's not Irish. If she was Irish, I would have understood her. Right. Yellow Glass laughs at her and says, "Hey, oh when we're done, when we're done with this, we need to fix that accent of yours because I didn't understand a thing you said." I know. And Matthew's just finally like, "Shut up, shut up!" And they're knocking on the door. I know. Pierre, they're, they're at the gatehouse. It's yeah. Like, oh Lord. Pierre announces the men arriving, and Matthew orders to go fetch him and gives instructions to Diana. Let me talk. Don't answer their questions unless I tell you to. And yeah, watch that magic of yours. You remember what happened with Widow Beaton? And, uh... <laughs> Game show loser like, horn. I know. <laughs> Are you dizzy? Do you want to lay down? And I'm sure Matthew is thinking, please be dizzy. Please lay down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Oh, what'd you say last episode? All the nopes. All the nopes. <laughs> yeah. All the nopes. All the yep. nopes. Yep. And this is what you were talking about earlier, Angela. And said yep. she pretty much you... threatens Matthew. Yep. I'll flatten you. <laughs> okay. You're perfectly fine then. Yeah. <laughs> the gale of glass is just like, you know, yeah, why does everybody tell me how to handle my wife? And then he's like, oh, yeah. no, she reminds me of granny. <laughs> yeah. At that point, I didn't, I didn't get the comparison, but now I see it. I really, I was like, really, I don't think she's like granny because we didn't really see more of Isabeau. We saw how she carried herself, but I didn't see Diana in that capacity like Isabeau. Well, I, I think he was also talking about the, the way Diana and Matthew interact with each other. And we never do really see Isabeau and Philippe interact with each other because I get the feeling she might be like quick to tell Philippe off too when he starts trying to manage her. Uh, For me, that wasn't Mm. enough to compare her to Isabeau. I didn't see enough of Isabeau. And right now, Diana's a hot mess. (laughs) I agree. Not a hot date. Hot mess. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the Inquisitors are about to enter and they all flank around Diana and Matthew. And then the men enter. They notice Walter and Hal are there and suddenly genuflect you know they're like oh my god then matthew politely yep matthew politely asks is there something you gentlemen need being all casual as if this hasn't turned the whole household upside down yeah 
Totally dismissive. Yes. Someone was well, the sta- fact that yeah. you've got such prestigious guys in there, and they're the ones standing up, and Matthew's got his ass in a chair. We <laughs> <laughs> know Dan who's important in this room, right? And Dan Forthall bows, and he's like, "We've not seen you in church." And then the oh, story we were about you, yeah, right? <laughs> we thought you were indisposed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story Matthew has about him taking sick in Chester. I, I, th- oh. I thought it was. I thought it was appropriate that Matthew would be sitting. It's all for show. I mean, because you have Sir Walter and you have the Lord of Northumberland. Oh yeah, doing your bidding. So it's kind of like a power move. Yeah. No, exactly. And that, that's what's so funny about it. It's like you, you've got supposedly the outwardly most some of the most prestigious people in the whole of the kingdom, and you know they're. It's almost like Matthew's holding court. Matthew. Matthew. Yes, Royden. exactly. That's he, a good this guy that nobody really knows about Matthew Royden is like mm, yeah. God he's holding court in his, in his you know <laughs> yes exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's also the one that's saying I don't, I'm not bringing my wife to court oh really up and try again Hey guys, Val here with an editor's note. While recording this episode, we ran into countless technical problems. I can go into it, but I won't bore you. Basically, it just resulted in us losing about five minutes of audio. We are just thankful that most times we're able to record full episodes with all of us recording thousands of miles away from each other and pulling it off. And we're definitely thankful to you, the listener. So let me outline what we talked about in those five minutes. We talk a bit about Danforth, Ifley, and Bidwell being shocked to run into high-ranking members of Elizabeth's court when they probably expected to just haul Diana off. We talk about Matthew's acting skills, where he said that Bidwell was there to get a cure from Diana and explains away Widow Beaton's story, and he paints the picture of young Joseph's infatuation with Diana. We discuss the Malleus Maleficarum, aka the pamphlet that Dampforth held in his hand to aid his accusations. We talk about religion and community groupthink when it comes to the clergy. And lastly, we talk about that pamphlet, how it elevated witchcraft to a crime of heresy. And because of that, witches were put to death. So that catches you up. And here's where you join us as we're trying to figure out where we left off. Enjoy the rest of the show, guys. All right, where did we leave off? I mean, I heard you guys kind of okay. babbling. You were, Jean, you were saying that the um, Protestants were pretty humorless, and then I was going into about the Puritans. How that, that they were yes. the, the the Church of England wasn't serious enough for them. They wanted they didn't feel like it was yes. pure enough from ridding all the Catholic doings, so they fled to the Netherlands in the 16th and 17th centuries. But uh, you were right yes. on saying that they were, and, we get <laughs> Cotton, and that's where we get Cotton Mather and Jonathan, yes, Jonathan Edwards and the Sinners in a Hand of an angry god and all that fun stuff. Yes. Ooh. You have a bad brew of superstitious people running around with yeah. their fake news. Man. Which, which brings <laughs> yeah. which, which brings us back to our, our pamphlet here, our witch hunting booklet yes. um, that, that Danforth and the rest of the bunch were waving around and about to recite from. Right. Yeah, and you, and Ifley, Ifley's been watching too much fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they had a fake news channel. <laughs> yeah, he'd have it up. 24-7. Oh, my God. <laughs> God help us if we oh. had Twitter. Oh, my God. That'd be terrible. Anyway, like you said, Gene, Matthew's like, I didn't know you were smart enough to read Latin. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I went to university. <laughs> I mean, 
this whole this whole exchange is just brilliant when you take it apart. It's, it is. I don't know. It, 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 this is the first read where it really struck me as this is really kind of funny yeah. and scary. Mm. <laughs> and then your damn but, white animal shows up again. I know. Yes, Thanks. It does. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> More white yeah. animals. I love it that he's like, oh, you know this book, you know? And Matthew's oh. like, mm-hmm. I went to university too. What's up, yo? <laughs> 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 and then you, they go to accuser and start stepping forward and, you know, Matthew stops them and he says, my wife has no difficulties in her hearing. You needn't come closer. Yes. Yes. I like oh, that. Oh, look, it's a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And then Ifley's all like, I told you Mistress Royden has unnatural powers. And Ifley, uh-huh, he started all this shit. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. so damn- well, the question becomes, what did Ifley have to gain by it? That's what I'm wondering. Why, cr- why cross the most powerful men in the country and the most powerful dude in town? It seems kind of foolhardy to me. Some people <laughs> like to do that to, uh, you know, gain their stature amongst the community, yeah. you know? That, this is true. Okay, never mind. I'll just... Yeah. Roll back from there. I know where we're going now. I get it. It became crystal clear. You beat down the biggest dude. You All of a sudden, you're number one or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. No, no, no. <laughs> mean- yeah. mean- and mean- Widow Beaton's path. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kid is enjoying himself immensely. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. So they go to interrogate Diana and, well, Danforth attempts to do it. Yeah. Who taught you these things, Mistress Royden? He called down the hall because, you know, Matthew wouldn't let him get any closer. From who did from whom did you learn your witchcraft and here it starts diana recognizes this is how this garbage gets started here right. we go there's a pattern yeah they start mentioning what widow beaten had said and matthew's about to rat on beaten said oh you oh you you want to see witchcraft oh and then diana stops him she's like no mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of hey when they go low we go high <laughs> like, <laughs> that doesn't always work <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, the, the, the funniest thing is, as, as this all unfolds, it's like, oh, she can't, she's, she needs to answer your questions. No, she can't answer your questions. Da, 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 da. And Matthew's whole thing is, I'm going to put on the show of her being the obedient, you know, 16th century wife, and my wife can't answer questions without my consent. Yeah. And then yeah. it just devolves from there. Well, Ifley takes it that one step further, almost going over the line by then blaming it on Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. He's evil too. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then at that point, Matthew's done playing games. He's like, you want to charge us? Go get some real authorities yeah. and get the fuck out. And everybody else well, is what out. I love here, what I love too is Ifley with the whole, oh, there's not, there's more than one child of darkness and look at all these strange books and instruments to conjure the spirits. And they're like, dude, it's math. It's geometry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not magic. It's, mathematics. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love Tommy Harriet. Harriet, it's math. Yeah. Not we don't magic. be yeah. spotted a geometry text. Yes, it is baffling to lots of people, but even to this day. <laughs> it is, it's evil, but yeah, not the kind of evil you're yeah. looking for. Right. To this day, it remains an evil book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Matthew assures her, you now after they all leave the house and Diana's just properly wigged out, Matthew assures her that no one wants him as an enemy. Not humans, not creatures, and Diana's all like, what do you mean? Because he told her that creatures and humans won't mess with him, and Hancock's like, Ah, those humans don't matter. It's just if they talk to the humans that do. Yeah. And then Gallaglass is like, what? You didn't tell her this either. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm reading this. I'm like, tell her what? There's more. And we end this chapter with Matthew saying, 
They don't think I'm a vampire. They know I'm a spy. Damn. Oops. <laughs> and their mailbag came up again. <laughs> yeah. I just I want to back right. up for a second, too, because when this is all going on, and now I'm always cognizant of Matthew's pupils, and they were large and glassy. So we're fortunate that he came back and that he didn't open up a can of blood uh, <laughs> rage on it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we had to get introduced to blood rage properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Good point. Good point. If we're, if we're talking about writing anyway. Yeah. Um, so chapter six, we open up with the fact that she's reeling from this revelation that he's a spy and the kid's like we prefer to be called intelligencers doesn't he sound like exactly like just miriam in that moment i mean it's like it's exactly the way yeah. miriam would answer a question to me yeah, especially saying tartly exactly <laughs> That's shut, see, I, it's like, shut up i didn't imagine miriam in my head i just imagined him saying this because he wanted to be included yes i don't know it's this, like yeah the we. the we it's like yeah. well you know i'm just as cool too yeah. 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 Another bond I share with Matthew, you don't. That you don't. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I knew this about him and you didn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and his so is like, go away. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just shut up, kid. And then she brings up James Bond, right? I love that. That's one of my confused. favorite parts. <laughs> <laughs> the hat maker? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. So I know you guys like really ate this part up. And he fills her up on the backstory of working for the crown under Henry's reign and his history with some of his other lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Diana's figuring out that as a member of the congregation, he wouldn't be involved in politics. But as a knight, he surely would. Right. And then he serves three masters. So, I mean, yeah, on first read, I kind of read all of this, but I didn't really take it in until this time mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, he first worked on the crown under Henry's reign. So that got me thinking, wouldn't they know? Did Henry knew, know what he was? He yeah. had to have, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth knows what he was. And Elizabeth right. knew yes. what he was from a, being a, as a young child. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you're right. But I still think even in Henry's court, he was actually doing Philippe's bidding more than anyone else. I don't know that. Did Henry really have a huge spy network? That seemed to be something that came up with, with Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, I agree. With, with first, with Walt him and then with a uh, sly fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know. See, Henry, when you read about Henry, all you think about is all his damn wives. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And he was yeah. more embroiled with, with the cat. Yeah, and he was more embroiled with the Catholic Church, where that was already done with by the time Elizabeth took over and well, she had her intelligencers. And the funny thing was, is yeah, he he split with the church and everything, but it was more of a tantrum because the church he made was pretty much the Catholic Church without a pope. Well, yeah, because he's yeah, the head of the, more or he, less. He's the head of the Church of England. He yeah, is the pope. and th- the thing of it was, is he never wanted to go quite as far as all the rest of the reformers. Is no, insofar as the from a doctrinal standpoint, right? I mean, right. he he never wanted to push things. Quite quite that far and it was Edward and, uh, and Elizabeth and that I think the biggest problem was Mary Mary in the middle there the blip of her. the burning <laughs> yeah with all, all the burning and the killing probably yeah set people more towards more towards reformation than they would have been had it just been a smooth right transition all along this is where we learn there's always a declaremont on the congregation always yeah mm-hmm. and, and I remember back 
when we first read this. That's when we fr- frantically tried to figure out who the hell was a current member of the congregation. Yeah. We well, came up we, with Baldwin. Yeah, we and, did. And we negated it because of what we find out about Walter. Yeah. When yeah. Walter so because of what Walter said about, well, you know, he can't be a grand he can't be the master because he's he's got another job. Yeah, he's a member of the congregation. Can't, you can't be both. Right. And that's what we deducted. And we were told, no, that's not the case. But it was Baldwin anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right. So for know. listeners, we, Walter says Matthew can't be a master and be on the congregation. So we, that was a, that was what our reasoning was that it couldn't be Baldwin because he was a French master and couldn't at be on the, the congregation time, at, at the time. Right. Yeah. At the time. That's what ruled him out. Yeah. And then Deb says, well, rules don't stay static in the right. interim between A Shadow of Night and uh, Book of Life. And A Discovery of Witches. Yeah. I still contend she was kind of throwing us off. <laughs> Because we were on to it. I think she changed her mind. Because <laughs> we were trying to figure out if there were all there was all that who's the declarement on the congregation and all that analysis we were doing and well, it, she oh used yeah to get, we well, laid out a case when she used we to give us out clues cases. she used to give us clues didn't she didn't she say you've met him or as yeah. Well, okay, yeah who, she did. who, do, who do we meet and how, what do you mean by meet like we meet Godfrey but we really didn't meet Godfrey because he's dead but you did mention him so is that meeting him and so we, yeah we were like going round and round yeah well the other thing was is we met him you met him who met him the reader met him or the other Diana met him. Right. I think that was right. another big hair splitting trail we went down to. Hey, we had two years. Right. We had a lot of hairs to split. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we had to entertain ourselves somehow. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Diana's putting the pieces of Matthew together and thinks mm-hmm. scientist, vampire, warrior, spy, another piece of Matthew fell into place. So she starts asking Matthew questions and Kit's like, tell her nothing. The witch can't be trusted. And we're yeah. like, oh, okay. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And leave it and to Hancock. Hancock. <laughs> yep. Hancock fast becoming a man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably having experienced Kit do shit like this before. Yeah, like, I was okay, going to say, what, this, is, this seems to be like Kit's general method of operation. MO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What have you done, Marlo? And Kit's like, well, rumors were already swirling around, so I just helped them along. Yeah, <laughs> just don't say <laughs> on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> petrol, excuse you know, me, petrol. Right, right. And then he rationalizes his choices. Look, if this business gets around, she'll be the death of us. And I'm duty bound to tell the queen, blah, blah, blah. Now Hal is saying. He, wait, he blames it on the congregation because he was worried that they were going to come down. And he goes, how did I know Matthew was on the congregation? Which is true. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, this is true. This <laughs> is true. I'll give him that. And now Hal is saying, quiet, Kit. Okay, a little bit of empathy is coming out for me. It's like, damn, when Hal has tell you to be quiet. Damn, your life has changed, dude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He pretty much says that. Ever since she came around, you all have changed. Walter, you're half in love with her, and Hal, you treat her like a sister, and yeah, I I felt a little bad for Kit here. And then Matthew ruined everything. We were happy before, and then they were like, well, Matthew wasn't happy. Matthew wasn't happy. Yeah. Which is really very uh, perceptive tidbit dropped in there. I mean, because that's just like three words and it's so easy to just like skip over that. And it just opens up this whole world of, God, what exactly does that mean? Then he begs Diana, leave him to me. This is where that quote came up. Yeah. Yeah. Leave him to me. 
I just felt the desperation. Like, I can't. Maybe maybe because yeah. I listened to the audio, I just felt the desperation, and I felt badly for him. I mean, mm-hmm. every all things aside, I felt badly for him because it was just someone aching. Yeah, all yeah. poetry flies from my mind when he's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like all he's got is his poetry and Matthew. Ugh, this had to be a big knife to the heart when Matthew stands firmly by your side and Kit pretty much melts down, and he's like, "You would have her over me," and yeah. then Matthew's like, in a heartbeat, "Get out, right. out." Damn. Well, yeah, and then she, and then it doesn't help that Diana decides to put a little salt in the wound too. It's like, well, if my affection for him is forbidden, so is yours, right? You know, and points out the whole, you know, <laughs> you can't love another man in this day and age. It's just not done. Well, and a, and yeah. being also creatures, if a witch yeah. can't love a vampire, a demon can't love a vampire either. True. But when she said that, I was like, oh man, burned. I could picture like the Burn. audience at the at the Apollo. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. right>. oh <laughs> snap. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> or on Friday, Smokey and uh, Craig sitting on the porch. Damn! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, the All betrayal. Right. He felt Man, and the, you know, get out of my sight or there'll be nothing left of you to bury. Ouch. Yeah. But then I did did think, I'm like, he did go upstairs and go to bed. He didn't go back to his own house. So there they are. I thought the same thing. (laughs) Well, maybe the landlord kicked him out. That's That's true. Good point. Oh, but wait, but wait, there's more. Oh, here (laughs) it comes. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Not now. These twists and turns are just fantastic. I love it. She's Ooh. like, whatever. I don't have time for the queen. I don't have time for the Catholics. I don't have time for the country. Save it till later. And Pierre's like, yeah, no, it's not any of that. You're going to want to read this. <laughs> yeah. You're really going to want to read this. So who's oh, that no. letter from, Jean? Oh, no, we got a vampire tear. Oh, I know. It's fully oh, damn. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. This this chapter really jerks at your emotions cuz you know, I was like feeling bad for Kit, then I was like, yeah, you go Diana, you tell him and yeah, and then kicks him out and then this. Hanc- and then Hancock all of a sudden slows his roll and he's not being quite the smart talking sarcastic guy anymore. He's just like, uh, yeah, there's one more thing. Your dad thinks you're dead. Oops. By the way. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Better be on your way. Oh. See ya. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs> Good luck with this. <laughs> so, is this the point where Walter sends everybody out? No. No. Not quite yet because Ball- or Gallaglass just says, dude, we couldn't find, it was two days. We couldn't find you. It was either tell right. or tell the congregation. And right. Philippe was the lesser of the two evils. And we right. already gave it away, but this is where Diana finds out that Walter is part of a, is a knight too. And furthermore, she finds out who the ninth knight is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she was able to suss this out because of the end of Discovery Witches, where Matthew is explaining the whole structure of the Knights of Lazarus. Little yeah. did he know she'd get into a spot where she'd be able to use that knowledge. But Matthew doesn't think ahead a lot of times. So, yeah. So she figures out that. Walter. What she first guessed he was the ninth knight, but he was like, no, I was, he's the English yeah, no. uh, master. master. Provincial master. master. Yep. Yeah. And it turns out Hal is the ninth knight. Because he's Catholic. So mm. Anyway, Philippe's not going to be satisfied until he, know math- he knows Matthew well, is all 
right. And the whole thing of it is, is it's not even the seal, it's the coin, which means he has to, he's got 10 he's days got to show to. up or yeah. all hell's going to break loose. And then they worked out the details of who's going in. And originally Matthew was planning to do it alone. Yeah. yeah. And I was Insisting. thinking, yeah, I'm like, well, where are they going to keep Diana? She kind of needs you there, you know? And yeah. I, I, he wasn't thinking. I did get a little misty, though, when he talks about how he got taken aback from his handwriting and how Philippe couldn't write when he was in captivity, that, you know, he could barely hold a pen and he loved to write. I'm like, oh, stop. Oh, yeah. And we and, hadn't and then, even met him yet. I know. And Walter's, the one that, and Walter's the one that's talking sense to him. It's like, you got to go. Yeah. Or Gallaglass. I'm sorry. But Walter was the one who cleared the room because it's kind of like, you know, this. Just, yeah. It's, yeah. It's ironic that Walter shoes everybody else out of the room for family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Gail Glass. Ha- I mean, he's trying to make Matthew go. He, there's no way around it. And yeah. I would think furthermore, he thinks if I don't get him to go, it's going to be my ass on the line. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. And I love I love the way Walter says, I outrank everyone in this room, madam, with the exception of your husband. And that includes you. <laughs> it's like, and eh, she's eh, just like, does he really, though? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, not not seeing that she's the spouse of Matthew and he doesn't outrank Matthew. So I would think, again, by proxy, yeah. not. Yeah. Well, the other really hand, on the other hand, Walter Walter does stand up to the Queen of England. So, you know, for Diana to think that he's not going to stand up to her, that's like yeah. a real stretch. Right. So after all the volleying back and forth and trying to figure out where to leave Diana, Diana's trying to tell him, hey, let's go to London. We can get lost in London. Little did she know. But mm-hmm. let's not go into that chapter yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. They figure the best course of action is to plan to travel together. Yes. And I guess the boys are all passionate up to go to Oxford. They're taking Kit with him. Hancock pretty much assigns himself to make sure Kit doesn't cause any more drama. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew goes on to explain the dynamics with his father and pretty much schools her on trying to trying to handle him. And as usual, he never gives the best advice. Well, he doesn't give the best advice. He doesn't give the best advice. And Diana doesn't have the right mindset either. She's like, well, he's got to accept me. Uh, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. No. And her last act, well, she makes an entry in her comment place book and her mm-hmm. last act is to take her commonplace book to the library store it away and she packs it with rosemary and lavender and she remembers it's something sarah used to do uh for remembrance and um i forgot what else it said um a note of caution into love spells right there you go lavender the lavender was for, for ca- caution and love spells and this is where we get our other hamlet reference about the rosemary for remembrance yeah Yes. So we end it with Diana saying, wish us luck, Sarah. And that is the end of this chapter discussion. Yay! It's a good chapter. So now we're, now we're on our housekeeping? Yeah. I think so. Let's do housekeeping. Housekeeping! So who's going to start? Okay. This bit of housekeeping is from our Facebook group. And one of our new members, Andy, says, My basic thoughts on Gallaglass is that, A, I kind of want the series to cast Christopher Hydev to play him, even though he may look old for the character, but God bless makeup artists. B, I wish we could have more stories about him. Personally, I would love to read about his perspective on watching Diana grow up. And C, I picture him as this guy would see in a bar, surrounded by friends, flirting with girls, and starting fights just for the heck of it. And even knowing he's not the type of guy I would like to date, I would have a crush on him. Sorry, Matthew, you're still my number one. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. This is really a fun little perspective. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, it is fun. And, and, I, and I agree with her on C. I, he he is the one that's going to flirt with all the pretty girls and yeah, yep. hell raise, at least in my head. 
Okay, so mine is also from our Facebook group. From Catherine. Catherine says, Gale Glass blows in like the bracing north winds. From this moment on, nothing is the same. He is the north wind, strong and true, a character I would love to learn more about. And I think that's the common theme about Gale Glass. Everybody wants to know a little bit more. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's He has struck a chord with many of the ladies. All of I the agree. ladies. Strong and true, too. Yeah. <laughs> the ladies. Hmm. Angela, what do you have? I have food for my heart. I have a five-star iTunes review. Yay! <laughs> I get to live another day, but this is one of the last ones for right now. So someone's got to go in there, give us a five-star review so I can keep living. But this says, this podcast is the best. Five stars by Vegan Jilly. These ladies are fun, funny, intelligent, and witty. They share some seriously insightful perspectives and fascinating information about the All Souls universe. I've been an AST fan since 2011 and read the trilogy countless times. Yet, after binge listening to this podcast over the weekend, I cannot wait to reread the series yet again with all the new knowledge and perspectives I gained from this podcast. I just love it. Keep up the excellent work, ladies. Aww. Round of applause. Thank you. Really, really good. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. All right. So save it for the show's coming. Ready? Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes. Ready. Okay. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. This episode, save it for the show. Brace yourself, people. Baldwin casting. Go. Go. Oh, well, they, they saved the most uh, anticipated for last, and it was a big red-letter day. Yeah, at least he has really, been cast. I mean, there was almost as much excitement about Baldwin as there was about uh, Matthew and Diana. I think so. Maybe yeah. it's because we realized it was the last big announcement for the season. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it was because everybody was really eager to see who would get cast. Yeah. Maybe it was because Deb teased us about it for three months. <laughs> you know those things. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> evil, 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 evil dad. <laughs> well, and even a Discovery of Witches TV was, you know, baiting the fandom by they were, saying... Yeah, they were baiting us. <laughs> with the description, you know, fond of war, women, and wine. Guess who's going to be cast as that character? And didn't even say Baldwin, yeah. which obviously... At they were taunting us. Yeah, you know there was it's Baldwin. But... involved there. Yeah, I think so. I think mm. so. So was cast. We shall see. Tristan Craval. Tristan Craval. Is it Gravel? Gravel. Yeah. Yes. Who is primarily a Shakespearean actor, mostly theater. Gotta love that. Uh, Royal Shakespeare Company, and he has a delicious voice. Very delicious voice. I've not Good. heard his voice yet. because I, I haven't either. I frankly feel like that first picture they shelled out was unfortunate. Oh, yeah. the uh, one that was taken on set? <laughs> yeah. With the dyed, dyed red hair? Yeah. I take I take full blame for that because I said he needed to be copper-colored hair. Tristan well. <laughs> apparently is a brunette, and there's some lovely pictures of him as a brunette. So yeah, we'll post those in the show I'll notes. Ta- I'll, I'll take the fall on this one. It's it's, it's I'll, I'll take the hit. It was a bad angle. I think hair dye. I think the whole idea was to try to make him look intimidating, so it was angled up. But yes, I, it, that's never a good angle to shoot anyone from. It just does. It never. It always sounds good in theory, and it never works in practice. Unless you're stick thin, bad. And bad even angle. then, my my one friend who's a photographer prefers not to yeah. shoot from that angle because it's just no, no. But it sounds impressive. Teresa says no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very, very impressive because Deb is going on and on and on all over Twitter about it. So Deb says he's sexy. Woo-hoo. 
We'll see. <laughs> hey, as long as they write him sexy and as long as they, they give us the complex kind of mysterious Baldwin that we get in the books where, God, what, you know, you don't know. He's the antihero. Yeah. He's yeah. the sexy antihero in this story. And I hope they keep that. I don't mind now, getting more of his perspective or backstory or have I'm his... never going to argue with that. Yeah. Just don't but turn I, him into a... Yeah. Just don't turn him into a dick. Right. Yeah. Because enough people already did that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It it might turn out good for him because, you know, Vampire Eric was kind of a dick in the first place and he was my favorite. You never know. That's true. Oh, God. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Good point. Eric. (laughs) But then again, my my taste runs to the delicious asshole anyway. (laughs) Okay, that just sounded wrong. (laughs) That sounded wrong. Oh, my God. She didn't mean it that way. You guys are the ones who took it that way. <laughs> There's so, sometimes, I mean, like Eric, he, he can be a real asshole character, but it's just like, God, there's something about him. Right. But not delicious, though. Let's there, not there's use a, that there's a, right, there's a right way to be a gorgeous asshole. And a there you go. Better. Be a, plain better. Old, a plain old asshole. Yeah, because delicious asshole wasn't sounding palatable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a fetish for everyone, okay? <laughs> oh you my read god. Male male romance, you should know. <laughs> it's so great. I thought they were saying that that Baldwin's part of it. Well, but then again, <laughs> Fernando, who knows? There are some fanfic I'd like to see. <laughs> now we are driving out of Gene's head. <laughs> yes. <the> ditch. <laughs> yeah. we're, out of the, we're out of that dirty water ditch. Okay. Oh my God, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're marked explicit. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, whoo. <laughs> I'm just waiting it's on Angela. Been a long week. I'm waiting on Angela to say okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm waiting patiently. I'm like letting this play out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, bygones, only- Tristan. Bygones. We don't need to, to cast dispersions on the character that you're about to bring to life. Okay, just never, never mind the dirty perverts in the corner. <laughs> Pervert. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, let's, let's talk about Miss Cougar over there and Marcus. Oh, my God. I'm going to fall in love with him. All I right, really am. Save for the show for another day. Oh, I, I, I will. I think I will. <laughs> Are you verklempt? Are you verklempt? <laughs> every shot I see of this dude, I, I just have to keep thinking, this is a child. <laughs> very, <Right>. very sexy. <laughs> he's, he's your son. He's your son's friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whew. Now I'm back to where I need to be. All right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was a different ditch we just dro- drove into people. All right. We're backing out. And the only thing we have left is last thoughts and things we can't let go of. You're welcome, Angela. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Angela, for staying out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe 
facebook.com slash demons discuss. Now become a discusser and how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com, scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. Oh, my last thought actually has to do with the chapters that we just finished. Okay. Um, I find myself wondering, why did Matthew call that coin a test of loyalty? To me, it seemed more like a test of obedience. I agree. You know, I don't think that Philippe ever questions the loyalty of, doesn't question the loyalty of his children. I think, I don't think that occurs to him as much because he was very careful on how the children he chose to make. But from, I don't know, I guess it says more about Matthew that he chose that word. And I wonder why, why he wonders whether he's loyal to his father. Yeah. I, you I mean, know, it's, it's, it's a weird word to use, I think. I think now that you bring that up, I think he would bring, uh, it's part of his self-loathing because he, I feel like he still doesn't consider himself part of Philippe's family, right? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think it says more about Matthew than it says about Philippe, probably. Yeah. So, loyalty would be the best word for him to use in his mindset because he would be loyal to Philippe. He, I mean, he has a familial obligation, of course, because Philippe is married to Isabeau. But I feel like he feels he is not as accepted as the rest of Philippe's children. And Philippe, of course, goes on to, you know, prove him wrong. However, I think we need this coming up, the meeting with Matthew and Philippe to work that shit out. So I don't know. That's my interpretation of it. If if he uses the word loyalty, to me, that implies Knight's business. If If we use the word obedience, that's more familial to me. And so was the coin, what sense was the coin used? I mean, as his, as his father, right? It was more familial. So yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, exactly. And, and I didn't get necessarily get the sense that Philippe sent those coins to just random knights to, that, that was something used to call a family member home rather right. than a knight. Right. I mean, maybe that's Matthew in his own head choosing to compartmentalize. It's like, well, he's calling me home just because he's got something for me to do. And he's right. more, more denial. It's like, you know, denial's even though Galilash just told you, he thinks you're dead, or Davy told him, he thinks you're dead, dude. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that, but you know, what were we supposed yeah, to do? You're done. He, he, he won't rest until he has, until he sees you or he's found your body. Well, yeah. Here's, a, is what here's Galilash here's, said. Here's an interesting quote from the Book of Life when they talk about when Baldwin is saying, you saw Philippe, and he said, yeah, in 1590, and he said, we did. Philippe was alone that winter. He sent a coin and ordered me home, Matthew said. The declarants present understood their father's private code. When a command was sent along with one of Philippe's ancient silver coins, the recipient was to obey without question. Mm-hmm. So there's that word obey. It's not really loyalty. Although maybe maybe he used the word loyalty because he said he, Philippe loves tests and you're really not testing someone's obedience. Well, I guess you could attest someone's yeah. obedience, but loyalty worked in that instance. Well, you were certainly testing Gallaglass's obedience every time you sent it to him because he wouldn't pay attention to it because he refused to go to France. Right. Right. So. Might be one of those things that aren't, you know, mutually exclusive. They're being yeah. part of the family. 
family True. requires loyalty because they're not made. They don't procreate. People choose mm-hmm. them. In the case of Benjamin and Matthew, there's no loyalty there, even though there's a family oh. there. So, right. <laughs> you know. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jumping ahead. Um, Angela, do you have anything? Last thought, kind of, that we're a small but mighty group and have a little following on Facebook. I mean, on Facebook, on Tumblr, and we follow others. It's a pretty nice environment. Pretty laid back. But I was thinking, and I talked it over with you guys, if we get to a magic number, we might have a Tumblr-only giveaway. Yay! I love that idea. Yeah. So what magic we're number are along. we talking about? I think are we'd we like for that magic 782 number? That would be a grand idea. Yeah. And where are, are we at now? We are, I don't know, maybe 650 or so. So we have a little bit of work to do, but I don't know. Every day we seem to be collecting new followers and we follow other people as well. So it's not something that's uh, exclusive where we don't follow back. But if you are out there and, uh, you know, active in the fandom, let us know and we'll give you a follow. But uh, yeah, that'd be good to have that, a Tumblr, exclusive Tumblr only thing going. Yeah. Tumblr's like not that. like Twitter. Can actually have full on conversations. <laughs> right. I, I mean, we don't follow like that on Twitter just because if we followed everybody that followed us, I'm pretty sure our notifications would be ridiculous. Yeah. And our yes. feed. We'd never see anything. Yeah. Totally. All right. So my last thoughts. Oh. What's your last thought? By the way, Happy New Year, everybody. Yay! Yes. Happy New Year. <laughs> what an odd idea. What an odd thought that it's going to be the new year when we, when we this publish one. this deal. Yeah. All Souls Con. That means All Souls Con is coming faster than we think this year. So we're going to have Laura on with us in an episode pretty soon. Um, we're not going to just do it on All Souls Con. We're just going to have her join us as a, as a fourth. We can do a chapter episode with her. And she, I've already talked to her. She's going to do it. <laughs> and then maybe we can talk about uh, maybe we'll talk about All Souls Con. And, and maybe we'll have an maybe, announcement. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll get some insight into what we're doing this year and what others are doing this year and presenters and everything like that. Um, who all is going to be getting up into some mischief with us this year? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, our vampire scientist may be back. Yeah. Team Absinthe may rise right again. Oh, Lord. That's scary. Well, there's, we, got, we, got eight months, we got eight months to get ready for that. <laughs> right, right, right. Googling absent Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, there's and? View Carré absent. Oh, my God. And? You have to try it. And there you go. Yeah. Mark it's it. By Philadelphia Distilling. Let's do it. Yep. All right, I've committed okay. us. Look, we've recorded it. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the thing I can't let go of, and I wanted to clarify what I said in our last chapter episode, um, where I was kind of being an asshole, but I stand by my assholishness. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> Yes, it is. It is definitely a word. Um, when when I said that uh, the fan entity I was talking about only tweets and they don't really add to the conversation. And, you know, I'm not taken away from that. And I feel the need to explain myself. It's just when you only tweet what everybody else is tweeting, how are you adding to the conversation? And my point, I think I should have made then this entity purports to represent an entire country. So wouldn't you want more to represent your country? And it'd be one thing if there was a language barrier and they were translating, 
but there's no language barrier here. And I'll stop it right there because if I go further, it'll be bad. So. Okay. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair so enough. that's me still being an asshole, but kind of clarifying my assholishness. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Join our Facebook group if you want deeper conversation or shallow hilarity. We are demonic discussers. And what's the word, girls? Fucking, Fucking fire, fire Drake. Yay! You guys did it almost in sync. More so than our clapping. I know. <laughs> As we all say, we're not looking for numbers. We're looking for people who truly like the podcast, listen, want to hang out in our lounge. It's pretty much what it is. It's a podcast lounge. It's not uh, something yeah. that's got to be super serious. It, we, you can ask serious questions, but it's very light, fun, easy breezy. And, and you can meet other listeners. Yeah. Yep. Come join us. Have some fun. And I will put the link in the show notes. Holy crap, Gene, your dogs are going nuts. Squirrels? Or Al's home, one of the two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, that's it, you guys. You ready to say goodbye? Yes. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you next time, audience. Mm-hmm.